0: What's good everybody? Welcome to the best of 2020. Top 10 best games of the year 2020. Another episode of the I'm Teller podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a special show here on this New Year's Eve of 2020 to cap off what has been a memorable and Tragic year to say the least. I mean, from back in January, of course, as far as sports is concerned, the last uh, January of the uh, the last Jan the last Sunday of the month of January 2020, had heard the tragic news that Kobe Bryant. And his daughter passed away in a helicopter crash. And then about a month and a half later. And then after. And then a month and a half later, you had the pandemic. You had March Madness canceled. Final Four canceled. The Masters was pushed back all the way to November. And 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 to think that you know we went we went all we went all essentially all of March April May and June. That's four months four whole months without sports it's crazy that you, that I could uh, pick from a good 10 to 5, 10 to 15 to 20 games to pick from to uh, make up of this uh, top 10 list of uh, best games of the year 2020 give, recap all the not recap but give you a synopsis of all the games uh, that are going to be on this list for multiple sports baseball football, Basketball. I even have. Uh, I even managed to get the audios. Uh, get the uh, audio clips of the uh, of the play by play calls for a couple of these uh, classic quote unquote classic games for you. So you will be in good shape here on this New Year's Eve. Uh, the last day of the year two thousand and twenty. Game. So let's uh, jump right into it. And game number ten. Go ten to one. Countdown from ten and we'll go all the way to one. The tenth best game of the year two thousand and twenty is week two. What what is the week two game of this National Football League season? Which before I get into and reveal what the game, what game it is. It's amazing, considering that you know I and like I said on this program for those of you all who listen on a regular basis, you I am on record of saying I don't and you know during the springtime I don't think we're going to have an NFL season and if we do I mean are we going to complete it and and the fact that I'm sitting here right now at the time I'm recording this heading into the final weekend of the uh, of the regular season a week a week out plus from uh playoff time and about a month and some change away from Super Bowl 55 is is kind, is kind of remarkable and, cr- and crazy when you really think about it considering that we went four whole months with no sports and I was in doubt that we were even going to have a National Football League season, but we did, and it uh and it began in an exciting fashion as in week 2 of the National Football League, game number 10, the best game of 2020 is the Dallas Cowboys comeback or Atlanta Falcons choke that uh, occurred during week during a uh, week 2 of the Nash, of the National football league it all began of course and as I recapped it here on the program back in September it did not begin well for the Dallas Cowboys you had da- Dallas on after two after back to back punts on their offensive drives, Dallas fumbled, turned over, turned over the football on downs, and then fumbled again, leading to leading uh, leading the Falcons to have a twenty to nothing lead by the end of the fir- by the end of the first quarter. But lo and behold, the Falcons what they've done best the last five plus years, and that's uh, choke choke early, especially first half leads away. As as Dallas outscored in the second and third quarter, they outscored the Atlanta. Falcons. Falcons twenty-four to nine in the second and third quarter combined, and they outscored them in the second half thirty to ten. With the ten points by Atlanta being scored in the fourth quarter. So what? Ha- so what happens? The Dallas Cowboys make it. A, the Dallas Cowboys make it a ball game at the making a ball game at the end, the, uh, towards, uh, the end of the towards the end of the towards the end of the fourth quarter. They need an onside kick, which especially with the new rules where you can't get that running start like you used to it's like a less than a 10 less than a 15 less than a 10 10 play but lo and behold you say ah what the hell you know just see, let's try the onside kick and see if we get it and greg the leg zerline with one of those uh watermelon helicopter onside kicks kicking it with the ball you know laying on its uh laying on its base instead of uh laying uh diagonal instead of the traditional vertical way on the tee. He kicks he kicks the ball for the onside kick and this is how it played out courtesy of Kevin Burkhart of Fox Sports.
1: Airline, squibber. it has got to go 10 yards and it's close.
0: So after Prescott scores the touchdown to make it 39-37, uh, and you heard the uh, onside kick called by Burkhardt as uh, Zerline kicks it, quote-unquote, ma- watermelon style, is guess how they call it. So, so 39-37, so Dallas gets the ball back, and and uh, Dak Prescott, who about a couple of weeks before he uh, brutally injured his uh, ankle, At home against uh, the Giants uh, about a couple weeks later in the season. Dak Prescott... Who had a phenomenal game, all things being considered? 34 for 47, 450 yards passing and a touchdown. Arguably one of the most heroic football games he's ever uh, played in his young career. They get the ball. They they get the ball off of their onside kick uh, possession. They drive the they drive the ball all the way to uh, to Atlanta's uh, 32 32. No, excuse me, all the way to Atlanta's uh, 28-yard line to set up Greg Zerline for a 46-yard field goal with four seconds left to win the game. And this is how the kick went down.
1: Greg Zerline from 46 to win it for Dallas. Hold is down, kick is up, and have won it!
0: As Dallas went on to win that game by the final score of 40-39, to 39, improving to 1-1 one one on the season, getting their first win of the season, and would uh, lose to the Seattle Seahawks in Dallas that Sunday in another shootout, 38-31. That is where we begin with game number 10 game number nine is as follows, and it also coincidentally is uh, had, was played in the early portions of the 2020 NFL season. Game number nine, and my brother will enjoy this. It is the week seven Sunday Night football game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona. Cardinals Cardinals, if as you remember properly, and I uh, recapped it here on this program go back uh go back into the uh, show archives. you can find it uh Cardinals beat the Seahawks in the divisional matchup thirty thirty seven thirty four Seattle coming into the coming into that football game was undefeated was five and oh I think they i think it was them, Tennessee might have been another team. I know Pittsburgh definitely was a, was another one of those undefeated teams heading into that heading into that game. That remained uh, that remained undefeated in the uh, early weeks of uh, October Russell Wilson uh, Russell Wilson unlike uh, how he played in the, in the first uh, four in the first five games of the season he essentially played mistake-free football did not turn the ball over a whole hell of a lot in this game he threw three interceptions was his stat line if you want it uh, and you know just uh, for old times sake 33 33 out of 53 three hundred and eighty eight passing yards and threw three touchdowns. But the uh, downside is is that he threw three interceptions in the game, one of them, which would have been taken back for pick six had it not been for the uh for the what's now the viral play between uh the viral play of DK Metcalf running down the left sideline, catching uh, I believe it was Buda Baker down the sideline. Um preventing what would have been a pick 6 which would have which who knows how the rest of the game would have turned out but uh, but uh but you have that play with DK Metcalf it was a highly contested and competitive football game i mean just scoring non-stop the halftime score was uh, 27-17 Seattle uh, little, little to no offense with only one touchdown being scored by Arizona in the third quarter, and this game ended up going to overtime. Calum Murray, young star, you know, getting getting his feet wet in the in the NFL with uh, getting himself familiar with Coach Klingsbury, playing his first ever Sunday night football game of his career. He was thirty four for forty eight, three hundred and sixty yards passing through for three touchdowns and an interception. There, his newest addition, uh, who they added back in March. DeAndre Hopkins caught 10 passes for 103 yards and a touchdown pass in that game. That game ended up going to overtime and this is how it got to overtime courtesy of Al Michaels of NBC Sports. Oh 44.
1: State, this is king.
0: Zane Gonzalez kicks the game-tying field goal to complete the Arizona Cardinals' t- uh, ten-point comeback that they were facing late in the fourth quarter, Zas kicks the game-tying field goal. Seattle gets the Seattle gets the ball to start overtime. They fail to score on their uh, offensive drive. Arizona gets the ball back on their side of the thirty-five yard line. They get they get a nice they get a huge run by the running back. Gets all the way to Seattle side of the field inside Seattle's thirty to set up Zengonzas, who end up tying the game, sending it into overtime they set up Calamari and company has a chance to uh set up Zane Gonzalez for to kick the game winning field goal which they end up doing but the question lies does Zane come through or does he choke in the clutch 6-6 six, six tie in here a few years ago. Zane misses the field goal. Seattle has life. Times ticking now. You know, regular season. If you don't, if you don't score at that point, sudden death overtime. The game ends in a tie, and no one wants to deal with uh, having that one, that extra column on the far right. Uh, at, by the time this game is over, Seattle gets the ball back. From uh, where Zane missed the field goal to get all the way to Arizona's 48-yard line, and on a third and ten with a minute 13 left to go in the overtime period, scores st- still tied at 34 points, mind you. Uh, Russell Wilson sends uh, Russell Wilson throws a pass to DK Metcalf, their superstar muscular built like an ox wide receiver out of old miss catches the ball and goes down the left sideline to what, to what appeared at the time the game winning touchdown the problem was it was a, it was an elite it was an illegal uh, block in the it was an illegal block in the back penalty committed by Seattle uh, or committed by Seattle which ended up bringing the DK Metcalf touchdown back to where it was, so Seattle doesn't win the game. DK Metcalf is not the is not the hero. Holding penalty on holding penalty on Seattle by number eighty three sets up Seattle for a third and fourteen play left in the overtime period. Russ Wilson, who was a who in again compared to his previous five games of of the season at that point was absolutely perfect, phenomenal MVP candidate worthy. Ends up uh, spitting a bit and did and was one of the main reasons why Seattle ended up losing this game was because Russell Wilson turned over the football three times. He throws another interception. Arizona gets the ball with a timeout and less than a minute to work with. Kyler Murray sets up shop from Seattle's 49-yard line to bring the ball down the Seattle side of the field to set up Zane Gonzalez, who has a chance at redemption to win the game for Arizona and to knock off the undefeated Seattle Seahawks. They get a 48-yard attempt. Does Seattle take a timeout? They can do that if they want. I think you
1: save it just in case you get it. Can he make this one?
0: Zane makes the field goal. See, uh, Arizona wins the game. Seattle suffers their first loss of the young 2020 NFL season. Arizona wins the game 37-34. Improves the 5-2. Improves the 5-2 atop the NFC West at the time. Improves the 5-2 at that point in time on the season. Wins their second game at home. Caleb Murray wins in a Sunday night football debut. And uh, that essentially pretty much, along with a couple other spotty performances from Russell Wilson, kind of, that was the beginning of a bad stretch of games. Russell Wilson played during the October-November months, which you could make the argument, took him out of the MVP uh, race and the conversation. That game is number nine on the list. That that game, unlike the Dallas game, where the Dallas game was more of a comeback. You know, you had you had uh, the Falcons imposing their will on Dallas, and then you had Dallas having to having to essentially get themselves out of the ditch that they've dug themselves into, get up, dust themselves off, and find a way to come back and win the game. That game was wild. That game was crazy. But there's nothing like a football game where a team doesn't have to come back to make the game good. Uh it it can be it can be good and competitive right from the get-go and that's what the Seattle Arizona game provided in week 7 of the young 2020 football season. Game number 8 is also of the is also of the National 2020 NFL season and that and game number 8 on our list Is the game that if you heard yesterday's episode of the Yamataka TIA podcast, you'd understand where I'm going with this. It is the 26-25 game that was played not even a week ago, Saturday as a matter of fact, December 26th, between the Miami Dolphins and the Las Vegas Raiders. They, Miami coming into that game needing to win that game to keep their playoff hopes to keep their playoff hopes alive while Vegas whose season is basically hanging by a thread after they lost a heartbreaker in overtime to the Chargers the, the week prior coming into that game at 7-7 seven and seven, they lose this game they are out of the playoffs mathematically everyone in America and everyone knew that the Raiders chances of making the playoffs were slim to none considering that they had 7 long. And going and and a lot and the idea that there was going to be an AFC team that could miss the playoffs that would have double-digit wins, ten and six or eleven and five, and end up missing the playoffs. So the Raiders had it had to win this game not only for themselves but also for the Ravens who need who needed the Raiders to win this game on Saturday night because the because the Ravens. Despite the tremendous great football they've been playing the last month and a half or so, if the season were to, were to end after Christmas, the Ravens would be out of the postseason with the wildcard teams being with the wild card teams being the Colts, the Browns, and the Miami Dolphins. So the Ravens needed the Dolphins to lose this game so they so they could get a leg up on Miami as far as the AFC wild card chase is concerned. With the Ravens having to play the next uh, the next afternoon at Home against the New York Giants, so and the Rams were in a situation heading into Saturday night where they where they where they had a, a good shot at making the playoffs, but they couldn't control their own destiny. They needed the Raiders to beat Miami. So and like and you don't need me to go through the game. I've screamed and yelled about Grun. If you want to go back and listen to that, do that uh, at your own discretion. But but two attack of Aloha comes uh, starts the game from Miami. Plays very spotty offensively. Brian Flores uh, gets Ryan Fitz uh, subs in Ryan Fitzpatrick off the bench. Ryan FitzPatrick works you know he's got he's got two nicknames it's FitzPatrick and then it's Fitz it's yeah, not FitzPatrick but it's uh Fitz Magic and then it's uh Fitzception Fitz uh magic show ended up uh showing in the game making it a highly competitive football game where the halftime score was uh thir- was 13 to 6 in favor of the Raiders Dolphins ended up and sco- ended up outscoring Vegas in the game in the second half uh, twenty, uh, twenty-two, uh, twenty to twelve, and the final score of that game was twenty-six, twenty-five. And included, and included in case you did not watch that game for the reason. That game involved the uh, involved about like uh, three four lead changes. So if you so if you watch the game, and you stepped away from it for ten minutes, and and the and the score and the score changed like that on a dime because of how back and forth and how competitive and wow, what what was that moment existed in the foot existed in the football game. Ray, Vegas was up, si- Vegas was up sixteen thirteen with about uh, with about five. Minutes left in the game, Ryan Fitzpatrick throws a beautiful ball down the middle of the field to the uh, to the tight end to get them to get them within Vegas's uh, five yard line. Mike Gesecki with the nice catch, and then a couple of plays and then a couple of plays later uh, on a third and goal, Ryan Fitzpatrick throws an absolute uh, throws an incomplete. Throws an incomplete pass, four, four minutes and change left in the game, 22-yard field goal. The game, is tied at 16, the game is tied at 16 apiece. Derek Carr gets the ball back for the Raiders. Leads a phenomenal drive with a tremendous catch by Nelson Aguilar, who catches the ball down the right sideline and ends up cutting in the middle of the field, zigzagging his way to score the touchdown to give Vegas the 22 16 lead. Miami gets the ball back with three minutes and change with three minutes and change left down twenty down twenty two sixteen Ryan Fitzpatrick, who played phenomenal football nearly the entire night ends up leading Miami all the, way, all the way down the field for them to, for them to uh, score a touchdown and take the lead at 23-22. So now it's Miami's lead up by 1-23-22, coming up with two minutes left in the game. Derek Carr throws a bomb down the middle of the field. Nelson Aguilar can't catch it. They get, uh, Miami gets called for a questionable pass interference play. The Raiders end up milking the, milking the clock, kicking a field goal, leaving Miami with no timeouts left. And 18 seconds in the game. So, so then, say with me here. So then, Miami gets has the ball down down 20 down 25, 23 with 18 seconds left. No timeouts. First and ten for Miami at their own at their own 25-yard line. Fitzpatrick throws an absolute bomb thanks to John Gruden's phenomenal defense and phenomenal in-game discipline. Throws the ball to Hollins down the left sideline. He catches it wide open and bad play calling and blown coverage by the part of the Raiders secondary. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has his face mask grabbed and yanked uh, 45 degrees to the left. So essentially, he's throwing a no-look pass, which ends up being caught uh, flag is thrown obviously before the, for the face mask penalty. Miami gets the ball. Gets the ball in Raider territory. Less than uh, but they get the you know and and uh, with six seconds left in the fourth quarter, down by two forty four game winning uh, field goal on on the way. Kick is up and the kick is good and the Dolphins end up win- not only winning that game but making uh, and eliminating the Raiders from playoff contention. They made life a little harder for the Bolts more Ravens who ended up beating uh, the uh, New York Giants, who ended up beating the New York Giants the next afternoon and ended up getting some help anyway because Cleveland lost to the Jets and the Colts blew a 17-point lead to the Steelers. So uh, so, so the Raiders blowing that game at, at the tail end of that game didn't mean anything because the teams that they needed to lose on Sunday but didn't expect to lose ended up losing. So that's where you stand as far and, and that game essentially left you with what the heck did I just I mean it, it was for sure that the Raiders had the game won and then a blown and then a bad play call on defense and a blown assignment plus a face mask penalty to boot and the Raiders are going and the Raiders for not for the for, you know for another consecutive season are uh, are going to uh, not play past the, you know, not playing the month of January, of course, not counting the fact that week 17, of course, of the 2020 season is going to be played on January 3rd. That's game number eight on our list. Game number seven, let's break it up a little bit, considering that we've had... Considering that we've had three straight, uh, three straight football games to to begin to begin the show here, let's break it up with a baseball game, huh? Baseball, yes, baseball. You all remember that game? It was supposed to be uh, America's pastime. This was a this was a season in 2020. 60 games began the weekend of July 31st, 23rd, excuse me, and went all the way through into October. At the time that the you know that when they made the schedule back in February. In March, the time that we were supposed to have a regular postseason tournament and a regular World Series. The catch was that they expand is that they expanded the playoffs with uh, with uh, every with every team that that qualifies to make the postseason plays in a best of three wild wild card tournament. Best you know best wins two out of three wins the series and advances to the divisional round. This for only the 2020 season only. And then when and then, not to set you up that this game takes place in the postseason. I'm just giving you the basic parameters in case you in case you forgot or or or, a, uh, or in case you didn't know about how the 2020 MLB season was going to uh, was going to align. Remember when the uh, when the world essentially shut down with the virus, Major League Baseball was about a, it was about their second, if not third, weekend with spring training. I believe opening day was supposed to was supposed to be um uh, was supposed to be let me check uh was supposed to be uh uh, March twenty sixth, March twenty seventh. So there are a couple of so there are about uh, two weeks and some change left before uh before we uh before we uh, start the twenty twenty baseball season. You know, and when we freeze, you know, and fans freeze their rear ends off in cold weather cities like Boston, New York, Pittsburgh, and and Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago, you name it. So 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 they call off the season right before we're supposed to. start Start the season two weeks out. Unlike football, who is in the middle of the off season, and even unlike the NBA and the NHL, that were in the middle of a season themselves. So we have a 60 game season. We start in July. Yeah, July. Why did they start in July? Well, they started in July because essentially once everyone got. Got got used to quote unquote of being you know locked in their homes and sequestered and living without sports. The big debate was between the players' union and Major League Baseball, the commissioner's office, and the owners of uh, of the conditions of ha- if they wanted to make sure that they wanted to have a season. You know, social distancing, no fans and no fans in the stands, wear the mask on nine yards. They 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 got they. But it heads constantly on how they wanted a 2020 Major League Baseball season to commence. At first, we thought Memorial Day, and then Memorial Day didn't happen. Then we thought Fourth of July weekend. We went we went through a Fourth of July without Major League Baseball. That's hard to believe, isn't it? You know, th- you know every you know every uh, big time American holiday has has their sport has their sport. You know, Thanksgiving is the NFL. Christmas Day is the NBA. New Year's Day slash New Year's Eve it's the college football bowl games and 4th of July it's baseball. You didn't have that this year because of the uh bef- because of the back and forth uh, labor disputes between the players association and Major League Baseball and the on- and the ownership group. So what happened? We went we went through mo- April, we went through obviously the rest of March and then April, May and June, that's that's three months of the regular of three whole months of the regular season that major baseball lost. On top of the fact they went through the uh, beginning of July, which is it's typically baseball's time to uh, shine brightest because the NBA, because the NFL Training camp has begun yet for the NFL, and then of course the NHL, the NHL, and the NBA are in the middle of the off season. What's the only of the major four sports in America that's in season during the month of July? Baseball. You didn't have that this year because because of the late because of the labor disputes. So then so then we have uh, so then we have. So then we have, so then we have uh, all of all of April, all of May, all of June, and and a good portion of and a good portion of July with no baseball, no All Star Game, no Fourth no Fourth of July. So and so what ends up happening is that we have the season kicks off July 23rd. It's and it's essentially sixty sixty games. Best to win six the most out of sixty games wins. Expanded postseason. So it gives teams like so it gives the struggling teams like the Tigers, the Orioles, the Marlins, the uh the um the uh, Chicago White Sox, teams that have missed out on the postseason last couple of years, they have a chance to make the postseason in 2020 because of the shortened season and the expanded and the expanded playoff and the and the expanded playoffs, you know, a team that may finish in last place by the end of September, because because baseball is a weird is a weird sport where it's based on streaks and luck and all that sort of stuff is concerned. If you have a good you know 35 game stretch. At the beginning of the season, Arizona you, even you might you might not have made the playoffs in 162, but a good 35 game stretch, especially to begin the season, it it'll be good enough for you to make the postseason in a 60 game short and regular season. So I say all that to set all to set all of that up for August 11th, 2020 between my Baltimore Orioles and the and the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, they've played, you know. It's pretty, the or the Orioles, of course. This is this is their ninth win of the season, six and one away from uh, away from Oriole Park at Camden Yards. If that if you can believe that, after getting absolutely smacked on opening day against the Red Sox, essentially flushed that game down the toilet and played one of the and played their best baseball I've seen them play. You know, I've seen them play in a, time, in a long time. They're starting pitching. They're starting pitching in their bullpen. Again, it is suspect, but but lots of young talent. Pat Val Pat Valaika, uh, uh uh Santander, Renato nu- Renato Nunez. Paul Severino, the ca- uh, Paul Severino, uh, Severino, the catcher. Uh, Ruiz, the third base. Ruiz, the third baseman. Austin Hayes, the center fielder. Jose Iglesias, the shortstop. Pavleka, like I already mentioned, the other shortstop Chase Got a lot of uh, Hanzer, Alberto, the second baseman. Have a lot of talent. Young talent up and down the roster that plays the uh, that plays the uh, nine positions for the Orioles. The game ends, goes in the extra, goes in the extra innings. Orioles score three and three in the top of the ninth. Philadelphia scores two in the bottom of the ninth. It's setting the game in the extra innings. The Orioles the Orioles uh, scored two and two scored two in the top of the tenth, and the Philadelphia scores one and they end up winning the game ten nine. And big part due to due to an inside the park home run, uh due to an inside the park home run Hit by Austin Hayes in the tenth inning, that were those two runs that ended up making the difference. Austin Hayes hits the inside the hits the two run home run to win the game in the tenth inning after Bolt after Baltimore scored two runs with the bases loaded down to their final strike in the top of the ninth to come all the way back to tie the game after the Phillies infielders had no idea where the heck the ball was, did not call it, no communication, no nothing, just a complete. I, it was. It was not. It was not an app. If you love defense and good and good starting pitching and uh, it were good pitching and, and good pitching in general, I should sh- should say that was not the baseball game for you. If you love offense and if you love craziness and and piss poor fielding by the uh, by the infielders and the outfielders, that was the baseball game for you. Orioles win the game in ten innings, ten nine, and and yours truly is a happy camper on the night of August the eleventh, the year. 2020. Orioles, of course, fell eventually fell off and failed to make the postseason. Philadelphia Phillies, new manager Joe Girardi, who they hired in the previous offseason, along with Bryce Harper, they don't get the job done, and they end up missing the postseason in a year where they played 60 games. Okay, that is game number seven. Game number six, before I get to a break, is between the Houston Rockets and the uh, in the Oklahoma City Thunder, game seven in the two thousand and twenty Western Conference first round series, James Harden, believe it or not, who had an absolutely horrendous game, horrendous game, horrendous game offensively. And not like that he ever shows up in the big postseason second to begin with, but seventeen but seventeen points. 17 points, 3 rebounds and 9 assists. Not exactly what you expect from the from your uh, for your All-Star shooting guard in James Harden has a tr- has a horrendous game back and forth the whole way through. The last minute of the game, I swear to you took about took about like a half hour. James Hart James Harden you know, all the chips are down. Game, uh, game seven, mind you. Game seven in the bubble, though. First round, game seven. Chips are down. Oklahoma City has to get a shot. His has to get a shot. Uh, a two to tie the game. A three to win it. And James Harden makes the block, essentially, of his uh, NBA career to this point to lock up the game and to send Houston onto the second round. Houston got its hands on it. Dort for three,
1: blocked by Harden. Dort got it back, tried to throw it off Harden, and missed him. Ruckus ball!
0: And that block occurred after Chris Paul... When inside, went inside the paint to try to tie the game with the mid range jumper and fell short, which ended up with could have tied the game and forced it into overtime. Chris Paul falls short. Uh, James Harden, Chris Paul falls short. James Harden makes his block. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, uh, Oklahoma City can't score on their last possession of the game with about a minute with about a, a a second and a tenth left in the game. They lose the game, get knocked out in the first round and lose the game on September the 2nd, 104 to 102. One of the uh, better one of the one of that's up there one of the one of the best games I saw in the NBA bubble uh during this past summer. So, we are halfway through our top 10 list. Still have uh, plenty of other memorable Games to get to, including uh, including uh, of the basketball variety, the baseball variety, and more twenty twenty and more games of the twenty twenty NFL season. Back with more of the bet of the top ten best games of two thousand and twenty coming up right after this. Welcome back to the top ten games of two thousand and twenty. Let's resume our list, recapping if you've missed uh, the if you uh, need a refresher on. Games 10 through 6, here you are right here, game number 10, Dallas Cowboys come back to beat the Falcons in week 2 of the 2020 NFL season. Number 9, the Seahawks Cardinals overtime thriller, week 7, Sunday Night Football. Game number 8, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes off the bench in relief and eliminates the Raiders from playoff contention and keeps the Miami Dolphins playoff hopes alive in a week 16 Saturday night game. The day after Christmas and game game number six, Orioles and Phillies and a wild offensive and uh, a wild offensive uh, fireworks show by both teams. Orioles win it by the final score, 10, nine that game was played on August the 11th of this past major league baseball season and game number six, Rockets beat the thunder and a classic game seven of the 2020 Western conference. First round with James Harden's game winning block to seal the deal for Houston. And so that leads us to game number five, which is also we will stay with the National Basketball Association and inside the Orlando bubble, and we will fast forward from early September to early October. To the 2020 NBA Finals, first NBA Finals in the history, you know, not to be played at the standard. You know, this game would have been, this series would have been played at Staples Center and at Americans Airlines Arena. Of course, with the coronavirus, that did not happen. The game was restricted to a bubble in Orlando with no fans, which obviously, and it played in the month of October. Compared to uh, compared to being played in late May, early June, as uh, you know, in in years past, a classic basketball game with Miami Heat winning, my with Miami Heat winning that game by the final score of one eleven to one o eight. Uh, making the Lakers sweat a little bit, forcing a Game Six, shortening the Laker lead at that point in time to three games to two heading into the game. My, the Lakers were up three games to one. Had the nice Kobe Bryant jerseys on, preparing to celebrate on that Friday night. And Jimmy Butler said, "Not so fast!" With a with a terrific, 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 fantastic. Hall of Fame worthy performance, putting up thirty nine, excuse me, thirty five points, five steals, eleven assists, twelve rebounds, a phenomenal game by Jimmy Butler. Made all twelve of his free throws and was eleven from eleven and nineteen from shooting, and had the most points uh, for Miami, playing off, playing forty seven minutes for Miami in that game. 5 LeBron takes the lead with the with a go ahead layup to make the game 106-105 Miami yeah, fast forward the games that the game's 108 apiece, Jimmy Butler, uh, like I mentioned was perfect from the free throw line, gives Miami a 109-108 lead with 16 seconds left in the game LeBron and the Lakers get the ball, LeBron drives into the paint kicks it back out to Danny Green who, had, who took one of the worst jump shots I have ever seen on a basketball court, completely completely bricks what would have been a game winning three when he had all the Time in the world. The Lakers get the ball back on the offensive rebound and they, and they chuck the ball and they chuck the ball inside to Anthony Davis for whatever the reason. Anthony Davis can't even make a play on the ball. Ball goes out of bounds and Miami ends and Miami ends up sealing the deal with you. And they had LeBron James wide open. And I screamed and yelled about this back in October when they had LeBron James wide open for th- for the potential game one and three out there on the wing, and they didn't give it to him. But that was was uh, that that was I was in my opinion the best game of the series and definitely one of the best games of that 2020 NBA playoff bubble as that game game 5 of the 2020 NBA finals checks in as game number 5 game number four is is uh is the Hal Murray game, yep, you heard right the Hal Murray game between the Buffalo Bills and the arizona cardinals we the cardinals of course have made their presence known on this list already with the thrilling game they played against Seattle back in October. Well fast forward to November fifteenth of uh, of this seat of this season Third, uh, Arizona going up against Buffalo Buffalo heading into that game was 7 and 2 on it was 7 and 2 on the season uh first place in the, first place in the AFC East while the Cardinals were 5 and 3 heading into that game needing to uh needing to win that game if they wanted to uh potentially prove to America that they were the real deal having lost a heartbreaker uh 34-31 to Miami the previous week the previous week they needed they needed to win that game to prove to America that they indeed were for real for making a playoff push and making Seattle and the Rams sweat for the NFC West division title, this game, what this game was a highly highly competitive football game. was twenty-two for thirty-two, two hundred forty-five yards passing through a touchdown and an interception. Kenyon Drake on sixteen carries ran for hundred y- ran for hundred yards. Josh Allen, thirty-two out of forty-nine, two hundred eighty-four yards passing through two touchdowns and th- through two interceptions. Uh, Cole Beasley had a phenomenal game. Eleven receptions, 109 yards receiving, caught a touchdown pass. Stephon Diggs, we'll get to him in a minute. Just a phenomenal, just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal football game. That game, if you recall, went up against, uh, went up against the uh, Steelers, went up against Bengals, Steelers uh and, Seah- and Seahawks and Rams so uh so that gives you an idea that game was not available to a good portion of the country if you did not if you were did not get that game on your local CBS station not have Sunday Ticket or or uh you had to see you had to see the game on the red zone or had to uh or had to follow that game via social media. These two these two teams do not play each other that very often, but of course with the uh, interconference play, they played each other in two thousand and twenty uh give uh, give uh, give Josh Allen all the credit in the world they got the ball back uh they got the ball back early in that they got the ball back late in the fourth quarter down 3 26 23 Josh Allen who's had a phenomenal MVP caliber season if you want if you want to argue that Josh Allen should be up there with the MVP conversation today's not the day to have that argument but I certainly will listen cuz he's had, had cuz he's has had a phenomenal season second and 10 he with a nice run he gets the first down keeps the drive alive for the, keeps the drive alive for Buffalo Third and five, he met ma- third and five. He makes a phenomenal throw, and uh, Cole with phenomenal catch and run to keep the drive alive, getting the first down for Buffalo to keep the drive moving. They drive down the field, and wouldn't you know it? Newest edition of the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs catches the ball with 34 seconds to go. Buffalo down three, catches the football in the end zone to what appeared to give Buffalo the win, making the game 29. 29- 26 in the favor of Buffalo. Stephon Diggs had a phenomenal day. He uh, went, uh, he had uh, He had 10 receptions for 93 yards and his only touchdown catch of the game was that game-winning, what it appeared to be at the time, the game-winning touchdown pass with about 30 seconds left to what appeared to knock off Arizona. But don't count out Cal, the young Calum Murray and the Cardinals yet. Murray gets the ball Murray gets the ball back at their 25-yard line. They got two seconds left, about 30 seconds left in the game. A dink and dunk couple of completions there. First and 10. They get the ball at the 27 yard line. They're now down to two timeouts. Uh, he said. Th- Murray throws the ball in the middle of the field to newest edition. DeAndre Hopkins. They get the ball with about 20 seconds left. They have no timeouts, mind you. Murray has to make up his mind what he's going to do. He decides the clock's ticking, 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 ticking. Throws the ball to Lay Frisjard, who's about like 10 yards in front of him down the right side. He catches the ball, gets out of bounds to the Buffalo, to the Buffalo uh 43 yard line. First and 10, not it, that doesn't matter. Arizona. Us down by four, 30-26, 10 seconds left in the game. No timeouts. Kyler Murray, phenomenal job. I the only part, the only, and when he threw this, and when he makes this pass, the only the time that that this came to mind to me is like a deja vu moment. Was ironically enough when the Packers played the Cardinals five years ago in the 2015 NFC Divisional playoff game, where Aaron Rodgers on that on that exact same side of the fifty had to roll to his left. And by time, by his receiver's time to get down in the field so they can put their hands up and get a good uh, jump on the ball for the Hail Mary attempt, Kyler Murray runs all the way down to the, to the uh, Arizona sideline almost and throws again and throws against his body. He's a right-handed quarterback, throws against his body, lets the ball fly deep into the end zone. And who is there to make the game-winning catch? DeAndre Hopkins. Ian Eagle of CBS Sports with the phenomenal, phenomenal call of the Hail Murray.
1: Shotgun. Murray, out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Six seconds. Murray, heaves it down field. DeAndre Hopkins is the
0: man who comes away with it. Kyler Murray with the phenomenal throw, and DeAndre Hopkins with the phenomenal catch, triple covered no less, to win the game, to win the game and improve the Cardinals to six and three on the NFL season, winning the game by the final score. Of 32 to 30 as that is game number four on our list. And how could it not be with the phenomenal finish and a phenomenal, uh, th- 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 you know, five plus minutes left in that game with Josh Young leading the Cardinals down the field, getting the uh, touchdown to uh, Stephon Diggs, which appeared to win the game? Uh, Arizona Cardinals and Kelly Murray says not so fast. Mm-hmm. With uh, you cannot have a game with with the hail Mary to win the game to finish it and not have it on your top ten games list of two thousand and twenty. I'm sorry, you just can't. But that's game number four. Game number three. We switched gears now to uh, and we visited and we visited the this a little bit for uh, for uh, game number seven on our list. We'll revisit it again for game number three. Game 4 of the 2020 World Series between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. This game was one of the, was this was one of the wildest craziest baseball games I in my lifetime have ever watched. This game was so crazy. Long four the game took four hours and ten minutes. Long, but it was crazy. Rays won. We all know the Dodgers end up winning the World Series, but the Rays won the game eight seven. A phenom- a phenomenal game, capped off by Brett Phillips with his game winning, with his game winning with his game winning hit. With with he tied the game he tied the game up on he tied the game up on a single. Tied to give up on a single with you know last breath last breath for the for the raids heading into that heading into that inning the Rays the Rays were down seven to six last breath in the bottom of the ninth inning remember that game was played at Globe Life Field in Arlington because of the pandemic they didn't want essentially teams flying back and forth between two ballparks so they so like you would like uh, you know the Super Bowl or the national championship in college basketball. Football, they have that one central, uh, that one central, um, neutral location. It was the new stadium, home of the Texas Rangers, down there in Arlington. Uh, Dodgers, Dodgers heading into this, this was Saturday, October uh, 24th, if you remember correctly. Rays. Down seven six heading into this game heading into this game they had two outs they bring in Kenley Jansen who uh, everyone in their who everyone in their mother knew that it was the wrong mistake to bring in Kenley to bring in Kenley Jansen uh, to to uh, to seal the deal for the Dodgers knowing good and full well that Kenley Jansen has had his uh, fair share of uh, postseason hiccups for the Dodgers which is why the Dodgers have went. so long without uh, without delivering the goods and winning a postseason championship. Dave Wright was a move that if the Dodgers would have lost this series if the Dodgers would have lost this series, we'd be uh we'd be talking about uh we'd be talking about how Dave Roberts should lose his job because uh because of the blatant insanity of going to Kenley Jansen in these high pressure situations, which uh and lo and behold, is bottom of the night bottom of the ninth Uh Kenley Jansen was all over the place that night. Tax tax to the max with twenty pitches thrown, one two count on Brett Phillips. Who what? Yeah, Brett Phillips, the young left-handed hitter from Tampa Bay. They got runners on first and second with two, with two outs. Kenley Jansen fights like hell to get out number two. One and two count to Brett to Brett Phillips, and this is the absolute pure insanity that occurred on that Saturday night in mid late October. Courtesy of the great, the Hall of Fame award winning Matt Vasgersian,
1: And Phillips is cashed in. A base hit back up the middle. Here's Kiermeyer to score. The-
0: And was and a phenomenal call by Vass Scurgeon there. What's crazy about that sequence is the fact that it's a, yes, a, a routine hit to Phillips. But the center fielder, Chris Taylor, you know, they teach you in Little League to when you field a ball, you know, a basic single that hits into the outfield. They teach you that when you go and when you field the ball, you have you drop your glove down. So you drop your glove down on the outfield grass or in this case the outfield turf and you look the ball into the uh, the basket of your glove if you watch that play Taylor makes mistake he drops his glove down but he's so focused is so caught up on a Reina rounding third base heading home that he takes his eye off the ball so he kicks the ball up with his glove allowing a Arena with about a couple more seconds of time to make up his mind to come to it stop at third to come around third on his way home he kick he kicks the ball a good five feet away from him he gets the ball throws the ball to max muncie the max muncie the cutoff man and the ball comes out of his hand funny to the point where the to the point where the catcher to the point to the point where the catcher um, uh, to the point where the catch, where the catcher has to has to reach behind, has to reach. I uh, get the catcher's name here in a minute. To the point where uh, Will Smith, the catcher, has to has to reach out down the first down the first base side to catch the ball. So he has to catch it and then worry about coming across his body to get a Rosarena. What but because Will Smith the catcher thinks Randy or Rosarena is essentially right on top of him. If you look at the replay, Smith has all the time in the world to catch the ball and make the play to a Rosarena because a Rosarena stumbles midway come between third base and home plate. So it's just the it's a it's a fiasco. A Rosarena stumbles and the defense from the Dodgers is as bad as it gets on the worldwide stage that is the World Series. Chris Taylor obviously did not uh did not master the fundamentals of looking the ball into you, looking the ball into a glove, and because Will Smith thinks that Randy of is right on top of him instead of him being in reality forty five feet away chirping up, chirping on his shoestrings between third and between third and home doesn't look the ball into his glove goes to swipe tags of and it turns out the the ball's not even in his glove it gets behind him all the way to the backstop of Rosana slides wins the game. And Brett Phillips is essentially running around the entire Globe Life Field Outfield, laying you know, a like you know, like the three-year-olds used to do when you know they think they're an airplane and they go you know, flying around the Globe Life Field Outfield, getting chased by thirty of his teammates, as the Rays ended up winning that game eight seven, like I already mentioned, and ended up tying that World Series at two games apiece. One of the more phenomenal, chaotic, crazy Finishes of a baseball game you are ever, ever, ever gonna see, ever gonna see. That is game number three on our list. Game number four: Clippers versus Mavericks, 2020 Western Conference First Round Game Four. You know what happened in that game? It's Luka Doncic buzzer beater. I'll go in depth with that coming up right after this. Welcome back to the top 10 games of 2020. Coming in at number two, it is game four of the 2020 Western Conference, heading back to the National Basketball Association in the playoff bubble. Game four of the 2020 Western Conference first round series between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. This game, of course, highlighted by Luka Doncic's game-winning buzzbeater, but how we got there was a phenomenal and I, was a phenomenal performance, not only in part by Luka Doncic, but on the part of the Los Angeles Clippers of uh, of that of Kawhi Leonard, who had thirty-two points, four assists, two steals, uh two steals and nine rebounds in the game. Shot ten of twenty-two from the field, nine of ten from the free throw line, and led the Clippers in minutes with forty-seven minutes. That and then, of course, Luka Doncic, the young, the young, uh, the young star for uh, the young point guard for for uh, for Dallas. Phenomenal game he had played forty-six minutes, forty-three points, seventeen rebounds, thirteen assists, had two steals and a block in this game. One of the one of the the, one of the greatest playoff performances you are ever going to see from the young star and Luka Doncic, and and this game gets set up. Remember, this game goes into overtime now. This game. This game, uh, this game ended up uh, was uh, 116 to 109 with 317 left in the fourth quarter. Kawhi Leonard makes a three foot makes a three foot jump shot to make the game 116 1 116 111. Tim Hardaway Jr. hits a three to make it 119 111 2. To- 220, 244 left to make it an eight-point game. Reggie Jackson makes a 23-foot jump shot to to slice that lead down to five, one, one nineteen to one fourteen. Then Kawhi Leonard makes a 26-point three-pointer, makes a 26-foot three-pointer to pull the to pull the Clippers within two to make it one nineteen, one seventeen. Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway goes. Tim Hardaway gets uh, gets the gets the rebound off of his uh missed free throw. He goes back to the line and gets uh he gets, he he miss he gets fat. Uh, uh, let me clean it up a little bit. Heads to the line, one thirty nine left. Misses his first three free throw. Sinks the last two to make it one twenty one one seventeen. Dallas. Kawhi Leonard gets the ball, Maverick's next offensive possession, and makes an eleven foot jump shot to to make the game one one twenty-one to one nineteen. Then, then Luka Doncic misses, misses a jump shot. Kawhi Leonard gets a defensive rebound. Seth Curry gets gets uh gets fouled going for a three-point shot. Lou Williams Lou Williams Lou Williams uh gets the bu- Lou Williams makes free throw one, makes the first and second free throw. Lou Williams misses misses uh Seth Curry gets called for the shooting foul just to make sure I didn't confuse you while there. Lou Williams heads the line for three, makes two of the three. Ty Game at 121 apiece. They and then in the overtime and then in the overtime period, the scoring begins. With uh, and then in the overtime period, the scoring begins with a Kawhi Leonard jump shot to put the game one twenty three one twenty one. Then you f- then you fast forward to about nineteen seconds. left. Luka Doncic makes the driving layup to make it one thirty two Dallas to one thirty uh one thirty L A. Marcus Morris hits a hits a game tying three with nine point six seconds to go. Not a game tying actually puts the Clippers up by one one thirty three to one to one thirty two and. Then then, and then in the clutch. About less than four, three seconds left in the game. Luka Doncic from 27 feet out hits the game-winning three to lock down game four for Dallas. Mike, Br- Courtesy of Mike Breen on the call. Benny Smith to inbound. Back to Doncic.
1: Doncic pulls up. Three-pointer.
0: Luka sinks the three, wins the game for Dallas, and they end up tying uh, the Clippers at that point in time in that series at two games apiece heading into the pivotal game five. And the the Lakers, or excuse me, the Clippers ended up winning that series and got knocked out by Denver thanks to their epic choke job that will uh, not erase uh, Clippers fans' memories until they end up getting two. The eluded Western Conference Finals. That's game number two. Game number one, the best game of 2020, is coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Amatel KTIU's podcast Top 10 Games of the Year 2020. So it's finally here. Game number one, what I think in my mind is the best game of 2020. But first, let's go through what got us here to number one. Game number 10, Dallas Cowboys come back to beat the Atlanta Falcons in week two of the 2020 NFL season. That's game number 10. Game number nine, the Seattle Seahawks lose their first game of the season to the division rival Arizona Cardinals in an overtime thriller in weeks, back in week seven. Number eight, Fitzmagic comes off the bench, eliminates the Raiders, and keeps the Dolphins' playoff hopes alive in week 16 this past Saturday. Game number seven, Orioles courtesy of poor defense from the Phillies and inside the Barkham run knock off the Phillies in an offensive ish- extravaganza on the night of August the 11th of this past baseball season. Game number six, James Harden's game ceiling block knocks off the Thunder and gets the Rockets to move on to the second round in game seven of the 2020 Western Conference first-round playoff series. Game number five, game five of the 2020 NBA Finals. Uh, Miami Heat hold on thanks to the Lakers' uh, bad uh, bad uh, in-game, uh, in-game uh, late-game play at the end of that game to force the series to the game six, facing elimination. Game number four, the Hale-Murray Mary- game between the Bills and the Cardinals, week 10 of this NFL season. Game number three, 2020 World Series game four with Brent Will- Phillips' walk-off and the defensive gaffes that were on the part of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Game number two, Clippers and Mavs 2020 Western Conference first round playoff series game four, with featuring Luca Doncic's phenomenal 40-plus game performance and game-winning buzzer-beater, and game number one, the best game of of the uh, 2020 year in sports. The best game in my eyes is the Ravens and the Browns Week 14 Monday Night Football game that occurred a few weeks back. That game, and if you disagree with me. I'd I'd I love to hear what game you think is going to be number one, but in my eyes, that considering considering that we essentially had nothing nothing for th- for three four months, I mean that that game's going to go down in in the history of the of of Monday Night Football. They will be replaying highlights the, the those quick 30-second highlights of that game when I am when I am my dad's age, when I'm 42, 43, 54 years of age. That is an all-time classic football game Cleveland Browns playing their first playing Monday Night playing on Monday Night Football no less. No less the fact they're playing a Monday Night Football game in December and playing games of note within their division Ravens who was last year's number 1 seed with, with last year's reigning MVP and Lamar Jackson had to leave the game with cramps. Trace McSorley, Trace McSorley comes into the game. The Ravens essentially offensively is running around with the chicken with its head cut off. Trace McSorley hyper extends hyper extends his knee. Where everyone watching the game all over America is wondering where the heck is Lamar Jackson? And lo and behold, he said he had cramps all there. There are other conspiracy theories out there that say that uh, he had to take a bowel movement or something of that variety. Something was wrong with his stomach or his bowel, something along that nature. He comes out the tunnel like Superman, gets his helmet on a fourth and this is fourth and short now, fourth and short late, late in the late in the ball game. The Ravens have their backs against the ball. They need to need to need to. Win this game to keep their playoff hopes alive in the in the AFC and on a four and on a uh, and on a fourth and on a and on a uh, fourth and five with less than two minutes left, down by one thirty. Cleveland had had come back. Baltimore had a commanding lead. Cleveland and Baker Mayfield one of the best games I've seen a play of, of his young career. Finds Cleveland's way to come all the way back. Cleveland has a one point lead. Lamar Jackson fourth and five throws an absolute dot after. Scrambling outside the pocket, throws an absolute dot to the young wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. Ravens score the touchdown. Lamar Jackson fresh off the potty. Ravens take the take a 40, take a 41, take a uh take the uh take a 40 take a 42 35 lead against Cleveland, but Baker Mayfield is not done yet. At the time of that game, he was 23 for 42, threw for 266, threw a touchdown and an interception, ran for 23 yards on the ground, and... A rushing touchdown in that game. Baker Mayfield says he's not done. Baker Mayfield finds a way to lead Cleveland back from that uh, incredible turn of events. Cleveland ends up tying the game at 42 apiece. Lamar Jackson gets the ball on the Ravens' 25-yard line. Dumps the ball Dumps the ball off to Mark Andrews to keep the drive moving for a first down. Ravens get the ball with 40 seconds left in clicking. First and 10, Lamar Jackson finds Mark Andrews. Again, gets past midfield. 38 seconds left. Lamar Jackson, 38, 38 seconds left. Lamar Jackson. Who does he find? Willie Snead gets him to within Justin Tucker's field goal range inside the 40-yard line. A couple of plays later, he he gets the ball, sets up Justin Tucker for the 55-yard game-winning field goal with seven seconds left. And here's the call. The great Kevin Harlan of Westwood won. Here you go.
1: The wind is slightly at his back, but it is a crosswind from the near to the far side. Seven seconds left in regulation. Career-long 61. It will go down at the 45 on the grass on the near hash. It'll be a 55-yard try for the lead. Three-time pro bowler Morgan Cox will snap it. Justin Tucker will try the field goal, and it will be held by the punter, Sam Cook. On the grass with wind. Ball put down, right-footed kick is up, arching up, end over end, and it is good! Two seconds remain, 55-yard field goal by Justin Tucker, and running out there to give him a big hug is Lamar Jackson, crimson it all, running out and hugging the kicker, and Baltimore takes a 45-42 lead over the Browns, and two seconds to play.
0: The great Kevin Harlan with the masterful call on the radio feed of Monday Night Football on Westwood One. That is your top ten list best games of the year two thousand and twenty. If you like number one, if you hate number one, if you like the list, love the list, want to debate the list, don't be afraid to reach out to me on Twitter at the J Shield and on Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatelit underscore it, Yes, follow the show on Instagram at Amatelit on at underscore podcast. Uh, Last year, if you recall, I did top 10 moments of the 2010s decade. This year, I decided to do top 10 games. If you loved it and want me to do it for New Year's Eve 2021, let me know. Speaking of 2021, hope it treats you better than 2020 did. It's your boy, Josh Shields. Stay safe. Y'all take care.